Welcome to The Edge of Act, the podcast where we explore the intersection of human stories and business success. I'm your host, Carolyn Crawford, and I'm thrilled to have you join me as we explore the minds of entrepreneurs, marketers, and visionaries who have mastered the art of alchemizing their personal journeys into their business success and learn how you can apply what they've learned to your own business. So whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply someone fascinated by the power of human stories, The Edge Effect is here to offer you insights, inspiration, and a fresh perspective on what it truly means to make your mark in the world. Get ready to be moved, motivated, and challenged as we embark on this incredible journey together. So let's begin. I'm Carolyn Crawford, and this is The Edge Effect. Okay. Hello, everyone. I am with the wonderful Emily Paulson, founder and CEO of Electric Collab, a company that crafts comprehensive brands that are built to last. Emily, welcome. I am so excited that you are here to learn, and I'm ex- even more excited to learn more about you, Electric Collab, and your perspective on brand stories. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. This is a wonderful way to start the day. So thanks for having me. Of course, and a Friday, Cinco de Mayo as well. Oh. So even better. <laughs> Lots to celebrate. Lots to celebrate. <laughs> Um, okay, I'm going to just dive right in. I definitely want to hear all about Electric Collab, but I actually want to start with what you do in the industry that you're in because you're on the inside. Like you are literally on the inside of this. And so I'm so curious about your perspective to it all. And especially, um, again, once we do get into Electric Collab, like how that's kind of shifted some things for you. So If you don't Mm -hmm. mind, can you share a little bit about your perspective of like, what is your definition of a brand? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. It's so funny. Like the word brand flies around on the internet, flies out of every business. The buzzword. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) buzzword. Yeah. And there's really no word to replace it. Like in my own messaging and copy, I've looked like, okay, I'm saying the word brand a lot. What else can I use? But it's sort of a one of a kind thing. And I think everybody has an idea about branding, but it's really hard to articulate what your brand actually is. And I think about it as the channel that you use to connect with your audience. And really that's because if you think about the way people find you and discover you, your brand is your first impression. Like that's what they're interacting with before they have a chance to talk to you meet you, you know, definitely before they're going to hire you. They're looking at your brand elements, whether that's a website, even an article you've published, a podcast episode that you're sharing, your social page, like all of those assets are pieces of your brand. So it's really, you know, the channel, the conduit that you're using to communicate with the outside world. And that's why it's so important, right? Like we need to capture people with the brand and make them want to talk to you more, make them want to read on, make them want to get in touch and ultimately, you know, make them want to hire you. So it's a really critical piece of business. I love that you said at the very beginning, right? That it was like, it is a channel. And I think a lot of people don't think about it in that format, right? Like it's almost like, like it's like the and I think in many cases that I have seen it's looked at as like just kind of the ground like that is it right and that is what we're standing on but the way that you're seeing it and kind of talking about it it really is that channel and and I think that's really unique because if you look at other like traditional marketing channels right like social media email things like that 
all of that ties back into the brand, of course. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know, like your thoughts on like, how, how do you see those kind of connecting back? Like, do you see it sort of like the brand is that bigger piece and everything kind of stems from that? Or do you see, like you said, the brand is a channel and there's just a unique way to do that. And then I'm just curious to know your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I like to think about it as a person because that helps me. I'm a huge on analogies. I need like examples and things that I can wrap my brain around. So for me, I think about it like a person, like if your business is a human, right. Mm-hmm. Then the brand is really your soul, <laughs> which sounds like, yeah. I'm like, you know, trying to do, I don't know, neurosurgery or something like this is so <laughs> intense, but truly like, that's how I see it. It's really like the soul of the person. Yeah. And then all those other channels, like, you know, if I'm a, human being, I'm having a conversation with somebody that's really the marketing, right? Like it's spreading the word. You have a personality, your visual design is like what that person would wear. The tone of voice is how that person would talk, like what language, what vocabulary are they using? And I think when we think of it that way, you can kind of get into the headspace that like you're, if you think of the brand as the soul of your business, that's not something that is constantly changing. Like once you get a grasp on what that is, it's a constant, it can kind of be a red thread through your business. And then whether you're showing up on TikTok or a blog, or, you know, it doesn't really matter the channel, you're always speaking the same language. It feels like everything is cohesive and it's coming from the same source because you really have that foundation in place first. And then I also think that makes all those conversations, all those marketing elements easier, right? Because you're not reinventing the wheel every time you show up on a new platform or have a new opportunity, you're still just kind of bringing what's already in you out and sharing it with the world. I love that. And I also think, I think that's such an important way to look at it because your brand at a certain point, once it's established, like once you really are clear on it, sure, it may evolve the look and feel and all the things mm-hmm. and all the tweaks and whatnot. But I think ultimately, the the core essence of a brand is like you said, that soul that does not change. It's always mm-hmm. there. And it's also something that doesn't always need to be said. And like, mm-hmm. I think that's what's interesting about what you do. And I know we'll get into that more is like, there is that visual component to it that I think some people and some businesses just are like, I don't really need it. Right. And, and it's so interesting. It's so interesting to see that. And then I also think what I love about what you said too, is, you know, everything that you were talking about, the brand is like everything on the inside. I've always said that marketing, not necessarily the brand, but marketing is the mouthpiece, right? It is literally Mm -hmm. like, like you said, spreading the word, and that's, that's how the two come together, right? You can't share who you are. So I really appreciate that perspective for sure. In my own, in my own, um, in my own little world, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm curious to know, what do you think? And I've, I've talked about this before, like to clients and even on my own socials of like business versus a brand. And I don't know if that's the best way to kind of articulate it, but I do feel that like there is a difference in a a bit if you're building a business versus if you're building a brand. Do you Mm -hmm. have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. I've actually been talking about that a bit in some of my content too. So clearly like the stars are aligning and you know, this is thick because I do think um, it's not something that's talked about that much. And I think a lot of people, if they were honest, don't really understand the difference. 
And frankly, if you weren't like a brand or marketing expert, why would you, right? Yeah. Like that's why we're here to try to try to shed right. light on stuff that, you know, can feel a little bit um, complex. So, I mean, the simplest way to say it, I think of like your business is what you do and the brand is who you are. So if you're a wedding planner or a personal trainer or, you know, a business coach or whatever, like what you actually do is plan weddings or plan workouts or, you know, host coaching containers. Like that is what the business is. Mm -hmm. And then the brand is who you are. So that's really the identity behind those things that you're doing or those, you know, the services that you're offering. And I think, um, you know, when you're early in business, of course, you have to prioritize different pieces and you got to get your first clients, you got to get sales, like all of that stuff. But as you elevate your company and expand your reach and your client base, it becomes really important to think about that brand as that overarching piece of who you are. Because if you're only talking about a specific service or a specific offer, yes, you're building a business, but what do you do if that specific service or that offer changes down the road, right? Like you haven't really built something that supersedes one specific thing that you're offering today. And we know that eventually you're going to have to pivot, right? And it right. could be for some totally unpredictable reason, like COVID or AI or whatever, or it could be because you want to, like, maybe you've learned something new. Maybe you want to help a different type of person. Maybe you just want to change things up in your business. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you're focusing everything on just what you do today, then it can be really hard to make those evolutions. And if you're focusing on building a brand that's a really solid identity, then you can change like what you have for sale day to day. And you're not going to lose all that credibility and that reputation that you've built around the brand. I really love that definition and explanation. So thank you for sharing that because it was so clear. It is what you do versus who you are. And it all feeds back into that soul. And then like you said, right, the brand has to supersede the specific thing that you were doing because that specific mm -hmm. thing is always going to be a variable. It's always going to evolve. Maybe for some, it doesn't. Maybe they're like, this is, I know, this is the one thing I know I love to do. It's never changing and that's great. And that ends up being their brand, right? And I think mm -hmm. what's so interesting about what you said is, you know, like, if we are considering the brand as like our soul of who we are, and I think a lot of people can probably relate to this is like, someone who has multiple offerings, or just multiple streams of income, even mm -hmm. where there's like a revenue share, like, there's a unifying thread that happens between and that thread always ends up back to the soul if you will. Yeah. And so I think that's really a really unique perspective. Um, what do you think is the most valuable part of building a brand? Mm. I think it makes your life easier, mm -hmm. um, which people, I don't think always see that because sometimes just the thought of, you know, building my brand or doing a rebrand or a revamp mm -hmm. or something can feel daunting because I do think people realize like the brand touches so many as aspects of your business, right. but really like, you know, you said before, it's not something that is in constant evolution. Like once you get really clear and you have a really comprehensive brand built, it makes your life so much easier yeah. <laughs> because for one thing, like it's working on your behalf, right? It's representing you 24 seven, like your website's always online. You know, it's kind of 
Um, you're putting your best foot forward with this brand before you even come into the equation, before you're mm-hmm. trying to have a sales call or trying to have a conversation or, you know, get somebody to pri- buy your product. It's like your best employee that you have complete control over <laughs> and they're never off, right? They're yeah. always out there like repping you. Um, so that's one thing. I mean, the longevity that we just talked about mm-hmm. as well, when you have that in place. Um, and then also confidence. I feel like that's another thing that it's hard to put, um, tangible, like facts and figures around confidence, but we all get that it makes a big impact on how we show up in the world. Sure. Just like as an individual, when you feel like you look amazing or when you feel Mm -hmm. really prepared for a presentation, you know, you know, that feeling where you just, you carry yourself differently when you feel really confident. And we treat our businesses the same way. Like when you feel genuinely proud of your brand, you put your business up for bigger opportunities. You're more willing to share it with people. You're, you know, you're just more willing to put it out there in a really bold way when you have that confidence. So, I mean, yeah, I could probably list even more things, but to yeah. me, like those, <laughs> those are, are so good. valuable. Those are some yeah. very key points though, right? Like you have confidence easier to your life and longevity. Like those are the three things that everyone wants. So yeah. it makes sense. I do. I want all those things all the right. time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm curious when you were talking about the easier component and I think I think this is something that in my seat, when I'm talking to business owners and clients and even myself is, and I'm just curious to know your perspective on this, is what has been the biggest challenge in that process? Because I think, I think, right, you know, we've said once you get really clear on like that soul piece, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really change. And I think a lot of people are always very clear about their why they're doing this, what their strengths are and all these things. But I find that this like formation of the brand is actually a very challenging process for many business owners. I know that that's something that I've personally struggled with, like just being in the weeds of it all. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. curious because I, and I think, and I could, I'm, this is why I'm so curious to know your perspective is. I think because we are in the weeds, we're trying to balance what we do versus who we are and how that provides value and also mm-hmm. how that, you know, translates and isn't necessary, all these things. So I'm curious mm-hmm. to know, have you experienced that challenge, one, yourself, as well as what is that challenge that you encounter with clients? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I've definitely experienced that challenge myself. And I would say every single one of my clients has experienced that challenge. And <laughs> you know, when people come to me, it's it's not because they have never attempted to elevate their brand or address their brand or, or work on it. You know, they usually try or they know it's a need. They know it could be better. They know it's not reflecting the quality of their work. You know, they have, um, they already have that on their mind, but it's like so hard to get out of your own way and be able to articulate these things. And I think it's just human nature. Like when you're an entrepreneur, when you're a business owner, you are so close to it. Like you said in the weeds, that's exactly right. I mean, everything, there's just so much, right. And it's easy. Like when you're the one who has put in blood, sweat, and tears to build this thing, yeah. everything feels valuable, right? It's like, oh my gosh, like I should be talking about this. I should say this, like I can solve this problem. I can do this. There's just like, it's overwhelming mm-hmm. to kind of sift through like what is really the most compelling pieces of this? Like what really should be the focus of the brand? And I think just outside perspective is so valuable in that 
one, because of that human nature piece that it's just really hard to get clarity from the inside looking out. And two, because building the brand isn't just about how you feel about it. Like we talked right. about ease and longevity and confidence. Your brand is a tool to bring people to your business. Like we're not just doing this for fun, right? Like this right. is a serious business strategy. So realizing that you're trying to attract people who are outside of your brain, outside of all of your knowledge that you have about the business, having that outside reflection can really bring in that point of view. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's like 50% of success with branding. It's right. it's half about reflecting who you are and it's half about attracting the right clients. So I, I just think, I mean, if I had a trick to tell people like how to just do it on their own, like in their room, in front of their screen, like how to figure it out, I would. <laughs> um, but, you know, even as a brand expert, like I get outside help with mine, just to be able to talk mm-hmm. through things. Yeah. Um, I just think that outside perspective is so critical and being able to come up with something that's really compelling and built to last. Yeah, I love that you shared that like all of that I relate to. And I think even the last piece, right. It's like you, you yourself need help. Mm -hmm. And I think I, and I've definitely felt this on a personal level in my own journey, but I think a lot of people feel like they need, especially if their budgets are really tight, they feel like they need to do it on their own. They feel almost Mm -hmm. like quote unquote dumb. I hate to use that word, but like, it just makes them feel like oh, I should really know this. I don't know why it's so hard. I'm so overwhelmed. And Mm -hmm. I think in my perspective, that's just the marketing industry being really good at what they do of just making people feel overwhelmed and that Mm -hmm. they, they need this and everything like that, right? But I think too, right? Like you just said, like everyone needs an outside perspective. And we know what's the truth on, on, on the inside. We know what we're trying to do, but sometimes it really is about that process and not about, you know, that specific thing and whatnot. So do you mind sharing a little bit about your process in the role that you play for your clients and helping them kind of like really extract that? Cause I would imagine that role that you have for them is what you kind of lean into to whoever helps you with your brand, right? Happy to share some of that process. Um, Yeah. So when I work with a client one-on-one, I really think about it as like stepping into their brain, which sounds creepy, but it's not. It's just, you know, me really trying to get into your head. So I start with the strategy session, ask tons of questions for them to just kind of talk to me about their business. And it's a lot about, um, you know, why they started in the first place, like why they love this work, why they think they're really good at this work, like what makes them different from everybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, And usually like when you can get people talking, then it's my job to kind of pinpoint what, which pieces that they talked about are going to be compelling to the people they want to attract. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know we talked about that, but that's, that's such a critical piece. So Yes, I do get to know the business owner and understand what they want to achieve with this business and the brand. But we also spend a lot of time really understanding the ideal client. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of methods for that. I know like a ton of words fly around avatar, identity, all these different pieces. Um, But really, it's just thinking about them like people, Mm -hmm. right? Like from a human to human perspective, what are people struggling with? What do they ultimately want? And how can we show that your business is the undeniable choice to get them there? Mm -hmm. That's really the starting point, right? And then from there, you know, we build out 
every, all of the elements, mission, purpose, personality, character archetype, all the design. Like, you know, I think the having the foundational pieces lead into the design is really important um, because sometimes, you know, you get to a place and, you know, you start with somebody and they're like, oh, I really love purple. I would love for purple to be part of it. And then it turns out we're trying to attract like a really high level, sophisticated client for this. And it's like, is bright purple really the right way to do that? Maybe not, you know? So so yeah, it just kind of systematically goes from there. But I think it's about getting people to open up and be really honest about why they do this work and what makes them really good at it, like that exact combination of skills. And then also getting extremely clear on who you want to attract in to the mm-hmm. business. That is, I mean, it's a great it's a great process that you have. And what I think is interesting is right, you start off being real, letting them talk about themselves and it's all about them. And like, literally it seems like it's almost like very loosely structured. So that Mm -hmm. way they can just be free flowing all about them, but then you shift and you're like, okay, tell me all about your audience. Not Mm -hmm. like, okay, who's your ideal and people have it, but you're like, let's, let's dive in. And I love the fact that you said like human, think about them as humans. And I think we have a tendency to forget that. And, and I'm curious to know, like, I've always been a proponent, for instance, from the marketing side of things of, you can't look at a channel, like, you can't look at a channel and just be like, okay, yes, my audience is on it. Blah, 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 right? You have to look at it from a place of how are they actually interacting with this? What is what kind Mm -hmm. of posts are they liking? Or what kind of Thing, like, are they the type of people to like be lurkers? Like, are they the type of people to engage? Like, whatever it is, it doesn't matter, yeah. right? But, and so I'm curious to know your perspective is once you uncover all of this and get these kind of foundational pieces, and I love that you use the word foundational because I think it, like you said, it it's, it sets the tone for that longevity. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to know how you see that kind of, play out once it's all done once these pieces are all together like what is a way that someone can really keep hold of that core that does not change Mm -hmm. yeah I recommend people like you know even though we're talking about it as something that doesn't change Mm -hmm. I still tell people to think of their brand as something that is alive so like go back and reference it and you know if we think about it like a person like we did at the beginning it's really about continuing to embody that Mm -hmm. So, you know how people have like an alter ego or something like Beyonce and Sasha Fierce. I feel like that's where we all learned about that (laughs) and it's working for her. Um, So yeah, it's kind of, you know, going back and embodying all of that, that we already decided and, you know, reminding people that like, there's relief here because you've already made all of these decisions. So if we've decided that your personality is fun, loving and sincere and loyal then like, great. Like we have that. Right. So when you go to approach any marketing channel, any opportunity, any communications that you're doing with your audience, like, does it feel like, are you coming across as fun loving? Like, is this something that feels really sincere based on, you know, what you want to do in the world and the impact you want to have? So, you know, it's just kind of always going back and revisiting those things, what you stand for, what you stand against. Um, and like it, um, it comes really naturally 
because the brand is built on who you are anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you have to be performative or like step into this other personality that isn't you. Right. It's, it's more just like a distilled version of you Mm -hmm. so that instead of being, you know, all over the place and constantly changing things up, you're building that recognition and getting remembered by people because you're just kind of sticking within that alter ego or that person that is your brand all the time. I love that. And I love that you said it's a distilled version of you because it's just, that's just such a clear way to say like, you are all of these components and just because you don't Mm -hmm. talk about it or just because it's not front and center all the time, doesn't mean that that's not you. It's just, it's just distilled. So I love, I love hearing that. And, and again, I think, like you said, like all of these foundational pieces that you're setting, I think that's so interesting because like all of it's almost like their own playbook in a way. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's a great word. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I'm curious to know your process in terms of your own brand. Do you mind sharing a little bit about how electric collab came to be and sort of what, how did you kind of like instill everything that you teach your clients into yourself, into that process for yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so how it started, um, I think our backgrounds are similar, but I worked in corporate brand marketing roles for like 14 years at big name companies and, you know, a lot of upside to that, but downside too. And one of the downsides is I just continually felt like when you're in a corporate environment and I know I'm just speaking from my own experience, other people love it and that's amazing. But for me in a corporate environment, it's like the things I was getting constantly rewarded for, were trying to be like everybody else, right? Like fit inside a box check these things off, like just get to know your manager and then do things that, you know, are going to please that person, which Mm. is not very imaginative or fun or innovative, or, you know, a lot of the things that I crave from work. And that's really why I started a branding business specifically to help service-based business owners. There are so many people who are so talented within the service that they provide, like genuine efforts incredibly gifted at bringing this work into the world. And I think sometimes when that person is trying to figure out, you know, business things that may not come naturally to them, like brand and marketing, you know, you look to what somebody else is doing and you feel like, oh, maybe I should just like, maybe I should just build a website that looks just like this because this person seems to be making a million dollars and I want a million dollars. Like you kind of start to lose that individuality And really to have the most effective, powerful brand, you should be amplifying that individuality. So that's why I started Electric Collab in the first place is to really help people realize that and show them with proof and evidence that once you build your brand this way, it works better, right? Like you feel better, you feel proud of it. The right people are coming to you because you're, you're speaking your real truth through the brand. So that's why I did it in the first place. Um, And then when it comes to kind of using my own process on myself, I would say that's still, that's like an ongoing thing, right? Because, and I, I said, like, I have hired help to get outside perspective, just like, you know, the person who helps me with my fitness journey, like they go to somebody else's classes, right? right? Like you just need somebody else to like, you know, inspire you and hold you accountable. Like, you know, for everybody listening who does client work, like you put the client first, right? And then you're like, oh crap. Yeah. Like I need to update that page on my website. So I still have those same struggles. Um, but I really, I do use my 
brand as a playbook and, you know, everything that I tell clients to do and everything that I, you know, talk about as being really helpful. I say that because I believe it and I'm doing that in my business too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I definitely, um, want to lead by example and I'm not just like creating tools or giving you things that are going to sit on a shelf or are not going to move the needle for sales. Like that's crap. Nobody has time for that. So I do like everything, every element that I create for clients I've created for myself. I use it all the time. And if there's something that I felt like wasn't useful, then I would take that out of my client work too. I, I think that is so incredible. And I think you have so many, I like wrote down so many notes because you have so many good nuggets that you just shared about that process and what a journey. And like you said, right, like you are leading by example. And that just goes to show about who you are as a leader and who you are as a business owner and who you are to your clients as well. So I think that's, that is just phenomenal because it's just so clear and like you, and you exude that as you're speaking as well. So one of the things I wanted to ask is like how, when you created, like, let's just talk about the aesthetic, uh, uh, just as the starting point of this is like, how did you start to infuse yourself in your brand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so kind of going through, you know, the process that I take everybody through, right. Really getting clear on who you want to help and what you want to stand for. And for me, because it is about this idea of really telling your story, sharing that individuality, amplifying your unique experience, because everybody has a unique Mm -hmm. experience, right. With your expertise, your background, like nobody else has that combination. So I really wanted my visual design to feel bold, to feel different. I try to, even with the um, pictures I take, like for my own brand photo shoots, I try to do unusual outfits, weird poses, like things that are just going to feel really individualized Mm -hmm. because I want to showcase that in the brand. And I want to showcase how that can be engaging and inviting and, you know, fresh for people to look at. Um, so that's, you know, some of the ways that it comes through in visual design and then messaging is such a critical piece too. So, you know, trying to just make sure I'm always speaking to the type of people I can help and not talking about stuff that, doesn't have to do with my current offer or the current client that I'm trying to call in, you know, half the battle is figuring out what to say. And then half the battle is controlling yourself to not say everything else. Yeah, (laughs) That's a good way to put it. It's so true. There's so so much we could talk about so much we could share. And like, you know, you get on Instagram and it's like, everybody's sharing everything. Um, That that just dilutes the potency. Right. So um, yeah, it's just continually, trying to make sure all of my messaging is really on point with what I'm trying to do right now and really reflective of the soul of my brand. I absolutely love that. And I think something that I, I want to go back to that you said kind of earlier on in your, the previous question was you, you were in environments that basically were like you ever, it was like a melting pot. You were Mm -hmm. not individual Mm -hmm. and that was something that to your core, you were so against. And even if you go to your website, you, I think there's like a part and I could be butchering this, but there's a part in your bio that you're like, I, I have a disdain of like being against any, or like not against anyone else, but like just not being like everyone else. Yeah. Have to be original. And like you said, you do that through just, you know, unique outfits or just like certain looks and feels and all the things. 
And I'm curious to know, just kind of reflecting back on your career is like, is that because you've been in branding for 14 years, right? Like kind of always yeah. along um, in the, that role. Is that why you kind of got into it? Like, were you always someone who was like, I, I'm original, like, I just know I'm original, and I want to be and all the things or like, and is that what drew you to that type of career? Um, I, I guess I would say yes. I don't know if I've always been super original, but I think I've always wanted to be. I've always wished that I could mm-hmm. be seen as somebody who, you know, was original and like doing their own thing and not like conforming to what everyone else was doing. And there was definitely a huge part of my life where I was, but I was like secretly hoping, you know, one day I could like break free and really do what I want. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think that draws me to it and also storytelling. I've really I've loved writing my whole life, um, you know, just telling stories and getting to know people and understanding their story. Like I'm, I'm an extrovert. I could talk to anybody forever <laughs> because I genuinely want to know, right? right? Like I care about people's backgrounds and like what they have going on and all that yeah. stuff. Um, and, you know, because I, I guess I've always kind of seen, well, always, you know, and as a, in my professional life, um, seeing brands the same way. Like there's a story there or there can be a story there. And I just think that's really cool. It's like the most, um, alive part of business to me. And that really has always drawn me to it. I can resonate 1 million percent. I used to, in my job applications, when in my, like kind of earlier, I mean, throughout my whole career, like every job I applied to, um, I would always write like my passion is bringing a brand's voice to life. And I think I, at the time I didn't know exactly what I meant. It just like came out of me. And then mm-hmm. I was like, I, I like that. <laughs> I kept yeah, going like that. It's just natural. It, it's just natural. And it really is like, it's like, it's, it's part of the process. I think of what we do of like, we really are telling stories, but really, you know, telling stories means giving people a platform to share about themselves Mm -hmm. and giving them a place to like, you know, whatever small or big part of the world that they're carving out for themselves. And I think, I think that's so amazing about what you do. And it's clearly a gift. And I'm actually really curious if you don't mind sharing like your previous roles, you were, like you said, major companies. Like I, when I was looking up, you had mentioned Wendy's, Abercrombie, J. Crew, just to name a couple. What, in if you don't mind sharing, like what in that when you were in those roles and thinking about you know the storytelling aspect and um, what kind of went into seeing them as a brand and seeing it like with these takeaways that you kind of like instill in your own sort of mission and and process now. Like, was there any, especially preserving that individualistic quality? So like, can you share a little bit about like, what did you notice or reflect on in that process in your career? Okay. So yes. So you mean like what, like how did the individualization and all of that come to life in those corporate roles? Yeah. Or not life? Yeah. Okay. I think it, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. I mean, the storytelling piece and, you know, trying to make things feel really authentic and special. You know, I feel like I had really different experiences based on what company I was working at. And I'm grateful that I had those. So like for at Wendy's, for example, like 
you know, it was a family owned business. Like everybody, if you were alive in the eighties, you know who Dave Thomas is like, Wendy is a real person. Right. So there's, there's kind of a storyline that's already rooted there. Um, and I think the challenge was always about how do you keep that story as part of the brand, but also keep things feeling fresh. I mean, Wendy's target market is essentially everybody, right? <laughs> it's anybody yeah. who eats fast <laughs> food. So, so how do you appeal to such a broad group of people um, while kind of sticking true to the the roots of the brand and continually keeping it fresh, um, which was challenging and fun. I mean, there was a lot that I liked about being able to continually retell that story in a lot of different ways. You know, the challenges like every single corporation, there's there's so many layers, right? There's so many um, people to approve it, all that stuff. So that's where it got like tiresome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Wendy's does a good job because they have that story. And then Abercrombie was really different, but I worked on a team there called Brand Senses. So it was really about making the brand appeal to all five senses. Mm. And, you know, all the jokes about Abercrombie aside, like everybody knows what it smelled like. Everybody knows what it sounded like, right? Like, it's true. There was, there was, it was a sensory experience. Yeah. And it was very intentional, very on purpose, um, which was a really great experience because, you know, it opened my eyes to the fact that a brand can be so much more than not just a logo and colors or a website or, you know, even... Um, what you experience when you're like actually touching the product, like the brand itself can be a really rich experience for people to go through. And, um, you know, there was a lot of downside about working at Abercrombie, but that's something that they did really well. So, so yeah, it was just, you know, all those experiences combined, it's, it really, um, showed me, I guess, a lot of different angles of storytelling and, you know, just gave me a lot of evidence that when you're really, thoughtful and intentional about keeping that core identity, that story, that humanity in the brand, big things happen, you know, a really critical piece of that success. I love that. And I really like how you just said, right. It's all these different angles of storytelling came through in those experiences, you know, employers aside, right. Like it really is about the brand and, and, and it, you're exactly right. Abercrombie did create a brand, a sensory experience. And it's interesting because if you think about large other brands like Target, I learned, I read somewhere created its own music to be mm. in the stores, right? Like that is part of the sensory experience. You see movie trailers. And I have a client who is in the entertainment business for movie trailers. And like the music for that is part of the brand of that. And I, and that's when I started to really recognize again, like the storytelling is not just in the words. It's not Mm -hmm. just in the visuals. It is all of these five senses that we have. Uh, And so I think that's a really unique piece of the puzzle that I think a lot of people, a lot of people miss and don't, and don't look at. So that's awesome that you, you had a chance to, to explore that. So thank you for sharing that. Very grateful for that. Yeah, of course. I wanted to talk about driving revenue back to the brand because branding in particular, it has a lot, it's like a long-term investment, right? It's something that has, is intended to be a a lot of longevity. And I'm curious to know that like your, like, what does that tie in between sales and branding look like for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a complex thing, right? And you mentioned, you know, it's similar with marketing. Like, yes, there are certain 
um, things that you can do that have like a direct immediate ROI. But in general, like these are all ongoing efforts, like everything with brand and marketing to just continue to level up the business. And um, I had a really good boss in one of my roles. And, you know, we were talking about this once, like, how do you really like, how do you explain to somebody um, that it's not a guarantee, but it's like worth it. Right. And like, how do you justify um, every different like tactic that you're trying? And she said something along the lines that like, you know, it's, it's almost impossible to figure out which marketing channels work best and no brand will be brave enough to find out. Meaning that like, you're not going to turn off everything and like just do TV and see what happens to sales. And then you're not going to, you know, turn off, like only do Instagram, do nothing else and see what happens. Like we don't experiment in our businesses that way. Um, So I think there has to be a little bit of faith, like when you're at least getting these things started, but for me, like every client I've had who goes through a brand upgrade project, it always results in an increase in revenue. And that amount, like the percent percent of increase is a range, right? Kind of depending on where they are in their business, what they have available, all those things, but it always results in an increase. And, you know, I think it would be silly for me to try to tease out like which elements of the brand do that you know is it right it can't be like individualized in that sense yeah yeah exactly Mm -hmm. yeah because I you know it really it's comprehensive for a reason like it all works together and yeah I think like if it's working like who cares (laughs) which right like the point is sales are up like revenue is growing right 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 things things are moving Um, forward in a good way (laughs) need to get into the weeds about what exact thing like made it happen it's all working together to kind of like you know move the tide I really appreciate that you're sharing that perspective because I think so many people and especially like in my role I'm a marketing troubleshooter so people are coming to me being like nothing is working and like I don't know how to stop and whatever and I think my especially my previous roles in-house the challenge I always came up against was we need to be doing this and I would always be like why why do we need to be doing this because and it was like this fear that they needed to be doing everything and and sometimes if you have the resources sure maybe it works and like you said right like it's kind of an ongoing effort you just you got to just see (laughs) and if it Mm -hmm. all works it doesn't matter But Mm -hmm. I think especially for smaller businesses or just businesses where the marketing resources in general are lean, it's an interesting, interesting perspective to try to be like, okay, like I have to have faith. I have to know that I'm doing it correctly. So I'm curious to know, right. And you can't pull apart every little thing that you do to see what works better. Like it works, like what you do works and drives and see, um, drives an increase in revenue because it all works together. But I'm curious mm-hmm. to know what types of, tra- are there any types of transformations that you see after, like from when a client comes to you versus the, and then the end product, is there any kind of like, tr- not trend is the best word, but just some sort of transformation that happens in that process that and en- that ends up contributing to the sales? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's a good question. And I ask all my clients that, you know, after our project together, I usually ask, ask, like, were there any, like, kind of breakthroughs or ahas or learnings that you didn't expect to get through a brand project? Um, And an answer I get a lot is clarity. 
So, you know, back to that idea that as a business owner, you're doing so much, you know, you mentioned it with marketing. I'm sure you hear that all the time where people are like, mm-hmm. I don't, should I be on TikTok? Should I start a podcast? Is it too late for that? You know, like, it's like, we take a lot of our mental energy trying to decide like, right. Should I do this? Should I not do this? Right. right. How should I show up? You said, right. Like it is clarity is invaluable. It is priceless. And I think that was the word that you may have mentioned. And, and actually one of the things that I talk about a lot is when marketing when there is a problem with marketing, and I think you could probably relate by the time people come to you, like you said, it's probably because they're lacking clarity. I literally have like a post about this of like, if there, if marketing is breaking down, there are three things that are happening. And I call it like the triangle of chaos. Mm, I love lack, that. Thank you. <laughs> lack of clarity is or awareness, right? Mm. Like, and if without awareness, you can't really have clarity and kind of vice versa, but lack mm. of clarity competing priorities that happen because of number one and then number three, too much noise. And that all happens because of number one and two. So -hmm. it's like when you lack clarity in what you're doing, who you are, what you're trying to accomplish, who your clients are, all of these things that you ask yourself about the brand, Mm -hmm. it's like, and something's breaking in marketing, whatever that break looks like, it's because of that. It's all, it all stems from clarity and like all you need to do is just get clear and that's why I actually tell a lot of people okay stop everything like literally just strip back so you could just like kind of rebuild a little bit in a in a mm-hmm. more sustainable way so I think that's, that's a really, yeah I think that's like a really unique perspective that you have of like that is the transformation that's what ends up driving the sales and that can happen a lot of the times throughout a business's life cycle too, which I think mm-hmm. is also interesting. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. I have a few more questions because I want to be mindful of your time. And we've had, unfortunately, a lot of technical difficulties, which have delayed some things. Um, okay. But I want to, I want to talk a little bit more about specifically electric collab is and like, what has, what have you seen work for your brand in terms of the marketing piece? Mm, yeah. Um, that's a, that's a good question because I'm constantly trying to level up my own marketing presence, right? Which I probably need your help. We we should talk about that. We definitely should. (laughs) I also could probably use your help. So. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll, we'll have a conversation. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of varied between like what platforms or things like that work. And when I started my own business versus working for someone else's business, um, you know, I was like, okay, if I could just get like, I think a lot of people feel this way. Like, what is the silver bullet of like where to show up and how often, and you know, like that type of thing, right? Like, should I post, should I be doing reels and then a blog post or like, what is the combination that's going to like actually move the needle? And then of course you realize there is no magic combination. And, you know, it's just about, um, what we've talked about having that clarity, I think having concise messaging that is all tied together, not talking about different stuff all the time. I talk about in my stuff, like the vulnerability trap where people feel like, Oh, I have to show up and be real. But then you're talking about something that has nothing to do with your brand or your offerings or anything. Um, so just being really focused in the way I'm talking about the business and who I'm talking to, that's really made the biggest difference. And whether somebody reaches out for the first time because of an Instagram post or because of a jam that they heard, or because they signed up for my email list, like 
what, however they come to me, that still really varies when it comes to the clients that I ultimately work with. Hmm. Um, it's always, you know, something in the messaging that really pulled them in. And, you know, I think you mentioned earlier, like kind of this idea of there's design, you know, that's what it looks like and what it says. And like right. some people prioritize one over the other. And it's so important they go together because the design, like our, our eyes process images 60,000 times faster than we can process text. So like, you gotta, you gotta do something to even get them to read it, right? Mm -hmm. Like the design gets their attention and then it's the messaging. It's your words that ultimately move people to buy or to get in touch with you or to take the first step. So I think thinking about it as that combination and just being really focused has, has helped me the most. Yeah. I love that you said early at the very beginning too, of like, you know, you kind of also were like, maybe there's a silver bullet. Like maybe it just works, you know, and I, I need a formula. Yeah. And I, I, even in Mark, even though I preach the opposite, what I'm about to share, but like I've fallen in that trap because of the outside influence and it's all, it all comes down to that. And the fact that like, we're looking at brands and other people who we think they're doing it right. And I can tell you, I've now talked to so many women for this type of series that like everyone goes through the same problem, every single business. Mm -hmm. And I think in your role too, you probably see it. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, it really is that outside influence. It's also always changing. And I think too, I love that you use the example of like, you know, people process things through their eyes much quicker than, than when they're, or like when they're looking at something visual than when they're reading something. However, your audience is also going to truly process what you're saying in different mediums as well. So I think that's really Mm -hmm. unique. And that's why, like, even just from a marketing perspective, like it's really important to just focus on like, what, what is easy for you to create? What do you get excited about creating? Like, and just keep just keep going. Like there is no rule book until mm-hmm. you, until you feel like you're in a groove. Right. And I think that's something that's so important and kind of, I want to say like, kind of comes back again to what you do in your core and about, it just all comes down to this distilled version of who you are. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that is something that I think like you're clearly, um, you're clearly taking with you on your journey. So I think that's really exciting. Um, Okay. I have just a couple more questions if you don't mind. I don't, um, I don't. I'm okay, perfect. I don't want to prevent you from single de Mayo celebrations. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That'd be an amazing reward at the end of I this know, day, right? for sure. <laughs> like a nice margarita. Um, yep. <laughs> okay. So I, I was listening to a jam of yours of uh, your jam is called bite-sized branding. Mm-hmm. And it's just three and a half minutes or two minutes of little mm-hmm. bite-sized uh, tips and tricks that you share. So one of the things that you met, you called out to me um, when we first connected was creating one about like your brand is not your biography. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this kind of earlier on in our conversation about how people are like really infusing, you know, themselves. And like, even when you start the process, it's like talking about themselves but, and like, even in your previous roles, how do you balance that storytelling aspect of, you know, Wendy's and, you know, they were a family owned, everyone knew Wendy was a real person, all these things. What, in your personal experience in starting your brand, like, how do you balance 
that biography of yours and like, Mm -hmm. how do you kind of make sure that's still infused in what you do? And you shared a little bit about it earlier, but specifically in the context of sharing your own story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's such a storytelling is such a powerful piece of this. And we've talked about it a lot. And I think when you just say that and you leave it at that, it's almost doing a disservice to people because then they think like, okay, so then I should just bake my whole life story into this brand. And we have to remember again, that this brand is a tool to draw people to your business. That's what it's for. It's not to pat ourselves on the back and like, look at a list of accolades that we've had, or, you know, like to infuse everything about our life into this, you can write a book to do that. (laughs) This is about your business, right? And really reflecting who that is in a way that draws in the right people. So it's really about thinking, what do they care about? And I often ask people like, you know, when I am in those conversations with clients and they're telling me about themselves and, you know, sometimes they'll really want to include an anecdote or an award or something like that on their website. And I have to say like, but why would somebody care? Like if somebody is coming to the site for you to solve their problem, which is why they're here, right? Like they need you to solve a problem for them. Like, how does this relate? Why would I care about that? It's almost like if you were at a cocktail party and you told me like, oh, I just got back from Cancun. And I was like, that's so cool. I went to Boston one time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah. Right? That, doesn't, that doesn't keep the conversation going. Right, right, right. That's just like, we're just throwing out random information. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's hard because this stuff is super personal, right? Like it's your personal story. It's your personal business. But when you can have that line of separation and just remember like, who you are as an individual, that's amazing. That's who you are as an individual. Your brand is an element of the business. We're infusing pieces of who you are, but we want to pick the pieces that are going to be compelling and make sense to somebody who has the problem that you're trying to solve. Sure. So it's just that, yeah, that difference about kind of picking the right things to highlight and not like overstuffing things with all this extra information that doesn't really fit. I love that you said the word infusing because it really is really that like light balance of it. And something that I think that you talked about earlier was, um, and I somewhere in my, my notes, I've taken like so many pages of notes now, but like, I think what's so interesting, it's like this authenticity piece. And I think too, from a marketing industry standpoint and a lot of business coaches and all the things like you mentioned that you'd kind of touched on this a little bit too it's like being vulnerable and sharing about and like that's how you be authentic or whatever and mm-hmm. and you mentioned I think like I think one of the things that you shared about or like lightly touched on that was you know okay that's that's great to do that and show that side of you. But like, what does that have anything to do with your business? Right? Like, what does Mm -hmm. that have, you know, and I think that's such an interesting piece, because I think a lot of business owners, especially if they're in the coaching business, or like support world type of uh, service industry, and everything like that, they feel that that is the way to do it. And Mm -hmm. it's not that it's, terrible it's not like it's gonna hurt them in any way but I liked your perspective of like you know at the end of the day you still have to provide that value so I think Mm -hmm. that's interesting because like you said like okay I just went to Cancun cool I went to Boston you know it's like there it's like what what am I supposed to do with this information 
And I'm, but I, I'm curious to know your thoughts on like someone who has like a larger following that has become part of their brand. Like, do you see, do you still see that balance, that kind of like imbalance at times? I think having vulnerability as part of your brand voice is not a bad thing. Like that's just one type of brand voice. You know, like some people have a more authoritative tone if they're an educator on some topic. Some people have a more um, emotionally driven tone and they are sharing a lot of vulnerable stories. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's more about like, what is the topic of these stories? Mm -hmm. And when you look at the people who have a large following and, you know, a seemingly really successful brand and they're sharing a lot of vulnerable stuff, when you really pay attention, it's still all connected back to their brand. Like they're not sharing a vulnerable story about finance one day and then their boyfriend the next day and then a health problem the next day. And that, you know, like there's through lines in the stuff that they're talking about. Mm -hmm. So it's not that being vulnerable or being really open or sharing things about your personal life is bad. I think that's a good thing. Like back to this theme of individuality, if you, if you're up for that, like if you're willing to infuse that much of your personal life into your brand, then great. Like people will connect with that but you don't want to talk about everything in your personal life. It still has to be related, right? Like disjointed stories just confuse people, which really diminishes the brand. But intentional stories build that human connection. I love that. I love that so much because like you said, like it still all comes from the same place and that you provided such good examples, right? Of like, okay, if I'm talking about my boyfriend or, or like this vacation or this type of thing I ate today or whatever it's like how does that still relate to everything that you stand for and I think that's the important piece about messaging in -hmm. particular it's like people think like just a mission statement is going to solve all of their problems and it can for them personally because they can always go back to it and it can stay you know it can be kind of a north star for them but I met with a lot of business owners where they're talking about, you know, like we need to perfect the mission statement. And it's like the mission or like your, the mission statement isn't so like it, it, it is a concise way to build your messaging into one, you know, just a few words kind of thing, but your messaging is translated in so many different ways. And I think that is the unique piece of this puzzle is like, understanding your messaging like you said earlier and it's such a key component and I love that you broke everything down into like vulnerability could be a brand voice like a type of brand voice authoritative can be a type of is a type of brand voice you know emotionally Mm -hmm. you know all of these things that you listed I think that was a great way to break it down and make it very clear it's like well what kind of voice do I want to share do I want to be a safe safe space for someone? Do I want to show that I'm a leader? Whatever that may be. And it can vary, but usually it always kind of comes down to like who they are as a person. So I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's definitely easier when it's based in who you are, then you don't feel like you have to be like trying to show up as somebody else. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So my final question for you is what can someone, if someone's kind of going through the motions of that I'm new, I'm trying to navigate who I am, what my brand is, what my voice is, all of these things. What is like one thing that they can kind of sit back and do? Or if they go and get help, 
preferably from you, right? Like how would they, like, what is something like if they're in this process of saying like, I need help or I need to like go through, like, what are some questions that they can ask themselves to make sure that one, they either choose the right help for themselves. They are, um, you know, asking, they, they like are really making decisions that are best for them and not because someone is claiming that they can solve their problem, which may or may not be true. Right. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it comes down to them. So I'm curious to know your perspective on that. Yeah. I would say when you're in that headspace where you're like, you know, do I need to, is this the right time to focus on my brand? Do I need to focus on my brand? Should I be focusing on something else first? Um, The first thing, like you have to have something that you're settled on that you have for sale. Like even before you really invest in branding, I recommend that people know what they want to sell, Mm -hmm. at least for now. And, you know, understanding that that can change and it probably will change as your business evolves. But you have to, I think you need clarity on that first, because that's kind of, you know, it's a domino effect to everything else that you're going to need to figure out, like, who are you trying to get to buy this? All those other pieces. How are we going to position this? How do you want to talk about this? If we don't know what the this is, then it's really hard to do that effectively. So I think you need that. Um, I would recommend like, go look at like, you know, just one day with fresh eyes, like set an hour aside and go look at your brand as impartially as possible everywhere that you exist. Yeah. So like you look at your Instagram bio and then your web page, and maybe you have a sales page for, you know, a webinar or something over here. And does this feel like it's all coming from the same company? Or am I kind of talking about one thing on my social media? And then I went a different direction on this podcast and, you know, that kind of thing. And if it feels like it's really cohesive, then great. If it feels like it's really disjointed and you're like, yeah, but like all of this is important or, you know, all of this is part of me, all of this is part of the business. Then I think that's a good time to get some outside reflection, like get some help really refining things, pulling in that focus, clarity, confidence, right? Everything we've discussed so that you're building a brand that's working on your behalf instead of holding you back by being kind of disjointed all over the place. I am obsessed with everything you just shared because I think, and I love that you said first, finalize the offer, like final, even if it's just one right now and it changes, finalize it now because it's a domino effect. And I think a lot of people skip that step or they think they have the offer, but their offer is disconnected from the brand, right? Like it, and I think that there's all these different ways. But I think to your point, right, it's like, you do need to know what that offer is, not necessarily what you do specifically, but like what yeah. is the offer. And so I yeah. think that's such an important piece. Yeah, you don't need all the details. But just know, like, I want to work one on one with people through energy healing, or I want to plan really high end, full service, like full service wedding planning in Chicago, or, you know, like, just some direction. Like I think the brand work often kind of helps uh, finalize that nuance and like the subtleties and the details, but you know, it's hard to build something that's going to be effective if you don't know what you're ultimately trying to do with it. So just having some idea, I think is really important before you spend any money on it. I love that. Okay. How can we support you? 
Oh, <laughs> well, this is supportive. Thank you so much for having me. Um, my website is electriccollab.com. So anybody can find me there. I'm also on Instagram at Hey Emily Paulson. My last name is P-A-U-L-S-E-N. And I love to connect with people there. I'm on there a lot. I always respond to DMs. You have great, um, you have great content on there too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Coming from you, marketing genius, <laughs> that really means a lot. So thank you. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So connect with me on Instagram and, you know, you can find my email, all of that on my website as well. I love to just have conversations. Clearly I've been talking for quite some time here. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you have any questions or, you know, just feel like unsure where to start with branding, know that you need brand help, but don't know who the right person is. I'm always really honest about whether or not I think we're a fit and whether I'm the right resource or not, I, at this point in my career, I know a lot of other branding people. So I can usually at least connect you with somebody who, you know, can help solve your current problems. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Emily. It was so great to speak with you. Yeah. Thank you. Really appreciate your time. That's it for this week's episode of The Edge Effect. But the journey doesn't end here. We encourage you to take the lessons learned from our guests and apply them to your own entrepreneurial endeavors. As you navigate the ever-evolving world of branding and marketing, remember that it doesn't have to be overly complex. But communicating your brand effectively is an ongoing journey. It requires continuous refinement, a deep understanding of your audience, and an unwavering commitment to stay true to your story, the unique edge that sets you apart. Stay tuned for future episodes where we continue to unravel the challenges of branding and marketing through the incredible impact of human stories. Until next time, keep embracing the edge, embracing your story, and making a difference through your business. I'm Carolyn Crawford, and this has been The Edge Effect.